Hello and a very warm welcome to another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Coming up, a postal worker who stuck a piece of gum on a customer's property whilst on his round was sacked for gross misconduct. Keep listening to find out why he won his unfair dismissal claim. Plus, HMRC is currently writing to taxpayers that need to repay some or all of their self-employment income support scheme grants. What's the full story and what action needs to be taken on receipt of such a letter? We explain all that you need to know. And don't forget to visit indicator-flm.co.uk to download our series of free mini-guides to tax and HR matters. There's really no obligation. You're listening to Tips and Advice for Business, the weekly podcast that trawls through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized advice and realistic solutions to everyday challenges. And all this in just a few short minutes, because we know that your time is precious. The Tips and Advice for Business podcast is freely available on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Deezer and is brought to you by those ever so nice people at Indicator FL Memo. For supporting information, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Your host today is Duncan Callow, solicitor and publisher. So why was a postie of 25 years unfairly dismissed? Let's have a look at the facts to find out. So Graham Harvey, let's call him H, was employed by Royal Mail as a postman for over 25 years and he worked on a rural route near Edinburgh. In October 2020, Royal Mail received a complaint from a customer about his conduct. This customer said that H had removed a piece of chewing gum from his mouth and placed it on a gate lantern at his property after he delivered the post. This incident had been recorded on CCTV at the customer's property and this was emailed to H's boss, along with the customer's written complaint in which he described the conduct as disgusting. Although he wasn't happy about the incident, he also indicated that he didn't want to make a fuss about it. Now, Royal Mail asked H to attend a disciplinary investigation at which he denied the chewing gum allegation. However, he did admit to driving without a seatbelt and leaving post unattended. Raw Mail then decided to proceed to a full disciplinary hearing. Now here, H admitted to sticking chewing gum on the customer's property, which he described as a stupid decision and offered to apologise directly. The chair of the disciplinary hearing concluded that H had committed not one, but actually three acts of gross misconduct, placing chewing gum on a customer's property, driving without a seatbelt and not following the rules in relation to the security of post. He was sacked, and after losing an internal appeal, he claimed unfair dismissal at the Employment Tribunal. Now, unfortunately for Royal Mail, the tribunal found in H's favour, noting that his actions in relation to not wearing a seatbelt and how he handled post were both common practices by Royal Mail staff. Thus, they didn't meet the test for gross misconduct. Equally, in relation to the chewing gum incident, the tribunal felt that this was nowhere near uh, serious enough to, uh, to amount to an act of gross misconduct. So altogether, this meant that his dismissal was unfair. What can we draw, draw from this? Well, for behaviour to amount to gross misconduct, it must be so serious that it completely destroys the trust and confidence between the employer and the employee. Certain offences 
will always amount to gross misconduct. For example, physical violence or theft, whereas others, as here with the chewing gum, won't be so clear-cut. Where the act of gross misconduct sits in one of these grey areas, it's far safer from the employer's perspective to issue a final written warning than it is to dismiss for gross misconduct. And a second tip here is that you can ensure staff know what you will deem gross misconduct by having a list of gross misconduct offences. So this will include the obvious stuff, as we've mentioned, violence and uh, theft. It could be swearing, turning up uh, intoxicated, etc. But you can also add offences that are specific to your line of work. So in conclusion, although sticking chewing gum on the customer's property was as described by the customer, a disgusting act, the tribunal found that it was nowhere near serious enough to destroy the trust and confidence between the employer and employee such that it could amount to gross misconduct. And on that basis, the dismissal was unfair. Should you be worried if you receive a letter from HMRC asking you to repay some or all of your self-employment income support scheme grant? What's the full story? Well, the fourth and fifth SEIWS grants were calculated based on tax return information that HMRC held on 2nd of March 2021, including the 2019-20 tax returns where these have been filed, along with any amendments made prior to that date. However, where amendments were made after this date, it's possible that the entitlement to those grants would have reduced. For example, where the tax return was originally filed using estimated figures that were later corrected and the true figures were better than anticipated. Amendments can be made by the taxpayer, directly by HMRC, or as the result of an inquiry. If the entitlement to the fourth and fifth grants was reduced by more than £100 as a result of the amendment, you should expect a letter from HMRC very soon. This will contain an assessment of the amount that needs to be repaid, along with a breakdown of how that amount has been calculated. The letter will have a reference number and needs to be used to make the payment. This payment should not be made via the self-assessment account, and instead the instructions included should be followed. Be wary here that if payment is not made within 30 days, a 5% penalty will be applied unless a time to pay arrangement is set up before the deadline. It is possible to appeal in writing within 30 days of the date of the letter. I hope that's all clear. Can you believe it? We've reached another. We've reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back again soon and we'll be considering why an employee who was denied remote working was awarded £60,000 in compensation. Plus, SIM-only contracts. How does tax relief for business use differ compared to an all-inclusive deal? But for now, thank you for sharing your time with us and goodbye. You've been listening to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Every week, we trawl through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized tips, advice and solutions. For more information about our products and services, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Indicator-flm.co.uk